You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. says, when you run, let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Forget the pictures, forget the money, forget whatever you left. Run for your life. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it'll be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath, because on the Sabbath, you're limited in movement if you're going to be good kosher. Jew. For then there will be great distress. Listen to what Jesus says. Same thing Daniel says. Unequaled from the beginning of the world until now. In today's message, Pastor Danny will share with you about the seven-year tribulation mentioned in the books of Daniel and Revelation. The seven-year tribulation will be a seven-year period marked by extreme turmoil in the world. The Antichrist will have satanic power at his hand to wreak unspeakable havoc on the world. Sounds terrifying, right? Well, there is hope, and with our God, there's always hope. God promises that if we stay true to Him and follow the helpful guidelines He laid out, we'll make it through. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Daniel chapter 11, as he begins his message, The Final Days Before Christ's Return. Daniel. Grab your Bibles, Old Testament, book of Daniel, and go to chapter 11. Daniel has been deported from his homeland, Israel, into the land of Babylon during what's referred to as the Babylonian captivity. Because of Israel's unfaithfulness to their God, um, the warnings that he gave them through the prophets came true. And they're given into foreign hands, powers. And uh, this is Babylon. And Daniel spends his entire life in Babylon. He happens to be reading in Jeremiah. Uh, We call it the book of Jeremiah. He's reading the prophet Jeremiah. And he realizes from Jeremiah's prophecy that Babylonian captivity would last 70 years. When he reads it, it's about the 67th year of his time in Babylon, and so he realizes it's almost over. God, not wanting him to get overly excited about the end of the Babylonian captivity, sends angelic revelation to him, sends these angels to tell him that, yeah, Babylonian captivity is going to end, but... There's a lot of prophetic calendar still to be worked out before the end as we know it, and the end as we know it is the beginning of a wonderful time when Jesus rules and reigns, and uh, it's just going to be tremendous. But there was a lot of prophetic calendar still to be lived out, and so God gives Daniel revelation of those coming days. 
Daniel chapter 11, which we looked at last weekend, the majority of it has already taken place. It's already history. And what we covered last week is the most detailed, the most detailed prophetic section of scripture in all the Bible. Fascinating that God would give Daniel the revelation of the future before it happens. Now, when Daniel got it, he would have He would have gotten that and gone, I don't know what you're talking about because it's future. It's yet to happen. And God recorded it for us so that we can look back and we can have full confidence that God knows the future. It's his story, history. God knows the future. And God writes the future for Daniel and We talked about it last weekend, the incredible detail that's here in the first part of chapter 11. But then when you get to verse 36, when you get to verse 36 of Daniel chapter 11 to the end of the chapter and the beginning of chapter 12, hasn't yet happened. Like for Daniel, the first part of chapter 11 was future events having yet happened, beginning in verse 36, for us, we get to experience the same kind of thing in the sense that this hasn't happened yet. How do we know? Well, look at the text. Verse 36, The king will do as he pleases. That's an important statement. I've underlined it. We'll come back to that before we're done. He will exalt and magnify himself above every God and will say, I've heard of things against the God of gods. Now, leading up to this, we had the history, the historical record for Daniel before it happened, but for us looking back at history of the ruler Antiochus Epiphanes, brutal dictator, did horrible things. Um, He desecrated the temple. He proclaimed himself to be God. And it was to the Jews in that day, the abomination of desolation. But he was a representation of a future ruler. This scripture refers to, we call him antichrist. He'll exalt and magnify himself above every God. We'll say unheard of things against the God of gods. He'll be successful Until the time of wrath is completed. It's known as the great tribulation. For what has been determined must take place. He'll show no regard for the gods of his fathers or for the one desired by women. I think that refers to Jewish women who long to bring the Messiah into the world. Nor will he regard any God, but will exalt himself above them all. Instead of them, he will honor a God of fortresses, a God of war. A God unknown to his fathers, he will honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and costly gifts. He will attack the mightiest fortresses with the help of a foreign God. Revelation tells us that foreign God is Satan. And will greatly honor those who acknowledge him. He'll reward them. He'll make them rulers over many people and will distribute the land at a price. It means he's going to reward them with not only positions of power, but land. 
at the time of the end, the king of the south will engage him in battle. So not everybody's going to welcome this guy. And the king of the north will storm out against him with chariots and cavalry and a great fleet of ships. He'll invade many countries and sweep through them like a flood. It's going to happen fast. He will also invade the beautiful land. That's the land of Israel. Many countries will fall, but Edom, Moab, and the leaders of Ammon will be delivered from his hand. Happy news for them. He will extend his power over many countries. Egypt will not escape. He will gain control of the treasures of gold and silver and all the riches of Egypt with the Libyans and Nubians in submission. But reports from the east and the north will alarm him. And he will set out in a great rage to destroy and annihilate many. And guess where he's headed? Verse 45. He'll pitch his royal tents between the seas at the beautiful holy mountain, Jerusalem. Yet he'll come to his end, and no one will help him. Now, we've got to go into just a little bit of chapter 12 to get the connection of what we're going to talk about today. Chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, when this guy's ruling, at that time, Michael... The great prince who protects your people will arise. We've already seen that Michael, an angel with the responsibility of protecting, watching over, defending Israel, the nation of Israel. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, Jewish people, everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. So there's going to be a resurrection. Those who are wise during this time will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness, some people will get saved, come to Christ, like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up, and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. I think that has a double meaning. One is that in this coming day, knowledge is going to increase rapidly. Hello? But secondly, there's going to be greater understanding in this coming day of the prophetic truth, of the things that are going to unfold. And one of the practical reasons is when this was written, we didn't have the New Testament. We didn't have the Gospels. We didn't have Jesus who talked about the signs of his coming, who talked about Antichrist and the abomination of desolation when Antichrist comes, we didn't have, oh, this is an important one. We didn't have the book of the Revelation, which is a sister prophetic book to the book of Daniel. Amen. Now, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about Antichrist, but the text, the text, the majority of the text gives us what it's going to be like when he comes and what he's going to be like. Let's go through it quickly again. Um, he's going to blaspheme God. I mean, you never heard a more blasphemous mouth than this guy. 
hey, GD this and GD that, and he curses God and he blasphemes God. Foul, foul mouth. Now, I'm not sure he does it as he stands before his political podium. I don't know. I think at the first part, he doesn't. Because the Bible tells us in the second part of the great tribulation, that's when his true colors really shine. But then you're getting me ahead of myself. He exalts himself as God. Take a look. New Testament, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is another scripture that we didn't have when the book of Daniel was written, but we have now. And the apostle Paul. God gives us insight through his writing. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, I put there, begin in verse 3, but I'm going to go back and begin in verse 1. And here's what Paul the apostle writes. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's the second coming of Christ, and our being gathered to him. Boy, I can't wait for that day. We ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from us. So somebody's forging Paul's name saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. That's another title or another statement uh, referring to Antichrist, the man of lawlessness, because he's going to do what he wants to do. Interesting, opened up, I told you, I underlined it, the king will do as he pleases. He'll make his own law. The man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or his worship so that he sets himself up in God's temple in Jerusalem proclaiming himself to be God. No regard for the God of heaven, no regard for the one desired of women. Again, I believe that's Christ because every Jewish woman wanted to conceive and birth the Christ child. So it's GD this and JC that, and he just curses God and blasphemes God, and then he sets himself up in the temple in Jerusalem, proclaiming himself to be God. He honors the God of war. And I'll tell you what, he's got a powerful army, but it's not just his military machinery. The book of Revelation tells us that he has satanic assistance. When you go to the book of Revelation, you find there that it tells us there that Satan, the dragon, that ancient serpent, gives this guy power. So it's not just his military machinery or the size of his army. It's the satanic power that he's been granted from hell itself. Fascinating. And God lets him, but we'll come back to that. He rewards those who support him. I mean, you, you, you're going to be with this guy, and you're going to give your allegiance to this guy, and you're going to, man, you're going to be top dog. You're going to get land. You're going to get houses. I mean, you're going to be rewarded. But his victory granted by heaven it's for a short time. The book of Revelation, chapter 13, referring to this time 
when Antichrist will be granted victory for a period of time. Listen to what it says. Revelation chapter 13, the great tribulation period we know from several scriptures is seven years, seven years. That's how long the great tribulation is. He's referred to here as the beast and the kingdom that he rules is referred to also as the beast and the one that gives him power is referred to as the beast. It's all beastly. Verse five, Revelation 13. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority, notice, for 42 months. 42 months. That is half of the seven-year period. We don't have time to get into all the gory detail of it, but seven-year period, great tribulation, one of the things this guy does is he temporarily solves the challenges in the Middle East, especially Israel. He makes a covenant with Israel. And in the middle of the tribulation period, he breaks the covenant. And what you find when you compare scripture is the first three and a half years, this guy looks like the greatest political uh, ruler that's come along. He's solving problems. He's doing great things. But then the last three and a half years, that's when his true colors really come to light. He was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and exercised his authority for 42 months. This is the last half of the seven-year period known as the Great Tribulation. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. That doesn't mean that people aren't going to resist him. And you saw in the text in Daniel, some nations will come against him, but he's going to just roll on like a flood because he's got satanic assistance. And he's granted victory for a short time. This coming day, Daniel tells us, is going to be a time of distress unequaled in all of history and never to be equaled again. We have that confirmed by Jesus' words in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24. Listen to what Jesus says, verse 15 of Matthew 24. And the context here is Jesus is answering the question his disciples ask, what's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? What will be the signs? And he's giving all the signs. Verse 15, he says, when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, that is when Antichrist sets himself up in the temple proclaiming himself to be God. That is the abomination of desolation. And then things begin to happen rapidly. Spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Revelation tells us that God's going to provide for the remnant that survives the tribulation period. He's going to care for them. He's going to have a place for them. But he says, when you run... Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Forget the pictures. Forget the money. Forget whatever you left. Run for your life. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath, because on the Sabbath you're limited in movement if you're going to be good kosher. 
Jew. For then there will be great distress. Listen to what Jesus says. Same thing Daniel says. Unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. Let that sink in. I went back and thought about times in history that have been just absolutely awful. And nothing has ever been as bad as it's going to be. Notice the last thing he says here. Verse 22, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those that will be saved during this awful day, for the sake of the elect, those days are shortened. We're really only talking about three and a half years when it's the darkest time in the world. It's the darkest the world has ever seen it. It's hard to imagine. Revelation tells us that during these days, 50% of the population perishes. Now, if you've been paying attention on our study of Daniel... You know that things that are happening on earth relate to things that are happening in heaven and vice versa. Things that are happening in heaven relate to things that are happening on earth. I find it fascinating when you read the gospel accounts of the resurrection and when Jesus resurrected from the dead, it says an angel came down from heaven and rolled the stone away. He didn't roll the stone away so much to let Jesus out as to let us in. But what's fascinating about the statement that the gospel writers give us is that when the angel comes from heaven to roll the stone away, here's what it says. There was a great earthquake. Just from this angel. Makes you think of watching one of the Avenger movies and you see Thor or somebody, you know, or one of these other creatures, you know, and they're coming from outer space and all of a sudden you hear this rumble. And I'll never forget a few years ago, I realized when there's increased angelic activity, it affects things on the earth. I can see the fascination on your faces, just like me. I'm fascinated. And what's happening on earth, there are things also happening in heaven. Revelation 12 and 13, which I don't have time to go and turn, except I will, uh, just for a moment, Revelation chapter 12 and 13 is absolutely fascinating. Chapter 13, I just read from, where the Antichrist is on earth, and the last three and a half years is when his true colors really come to light, and he's blaspheming God, and he's doing all this amazing, terrible stuff. But if you back up, Chapter 12 shows us what's going on in heaven. Verse 7, and there was war in heaven. Well, there's war on earth. Well, there's war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. That's Satan. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. And he was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil. Now, I don't have time to read the whole passage. But it talks about those who will be saved during this day, and it says they overcame him by the word of their testimony, by the blood of the Lamb. Wow. Victory through Jesus.
We're so thankful to be able to share the Word of God with you here on The Living Word. Pastor Danny has been teaching through the Book of Daniel, an Old Testament book on history and prophecy. If you'd like to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. Just look under Resources. We also invite you to join us in our Bible reading plan. This is a great way to get into the Word every day. You can find out more under the Resources tab as well at ccfstpete.church. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us in prayer here on The Living Word. Prayer is such a powerful tool against the enemy, and there's much to pray about during these days of speculation, doubt, and fear. Perhaps there's a listener out there that's really wrestling with all of the uncertainties, and your prayers could be a way to help minister to their heart and mind, renewing their faith along the way. Would you pray for us as we create programs and for the listeners as they hear God's word? And like Daniel, be diligent in your own faith. Don't let the things of the world sway you from the one who is holy and true. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us for Pastor Danny's continuing teaching through the book of Daniel, right here on The Living Word.